Welcome to The Mindful Apprentice, brought to you by Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology. In this podcast series, we want to share stories and information to help everyone make the apprenticeship a success, whether you're an employer or the apprentice. We've interviewed a wide range of apprentices, employers, specialists, charities and clinicians to make this series. Wherever you're listening, we hope you'll find it helpful. In this programme, we're looking at what an apprenticeship actually is, and in the next couple, whether it's the right thing for you, and how to prepare for your first one. So, what is an apprenticeship? What's an apprentice? Let's start with the Minister for Apprenticeships, Robert Halfon. Well, an apprenticeship is an incredible uh, option for not just young people, but for every, almost everyone in every walk of life uh, to um, be able to get a skill, to train, and most importantly, get a good uh, job at the end of it. So um, you do an apprenticeship, you work predominantly in the company or organisation, um, you do 20% of your time um, with learning the knowledge um, that you need, so that will be with a provider, whether it might be an FE college, it might be an independent training provider, it might be a university. And you learn on the job. And the great thing is, of course, you earn while you learn. No student debt to worry about. And uh, as I say, most the vast majority of apprentices get good skilled jobs at the end. Who can do it? Anyone can do it. I could do it if I wanted to, and I often... Uh, think how wonderful it would be to do an apprenticeship in one of their because there's over 670 different apprenticeship standards that's the quali- called the qualification that apprentices can do you can do them in everything from aeronautical to zoology with healthcare doctors apprenticeships have just come in uh, policing finance accounting you name it in almost every walk of life you can do an apprenticeship of course the traditional crafts as well electricals engineering plumbing and so on so many different subjects so everyone can do them and they're great for young people because you can start them from the age of 16 but they're also great for adults so for example you might be a business person but you might suddenly decide no I want to be a nurse you can do nursing degree apprenticeships so you get paid you're in work and you get a qualification and probably a job at the end of it it's a different route to the qualification, say a degree or an A-level, that you might get through college or university, but they're very similar. Not that everyone thinks so, according to Danielle Foy, business development consultant at New College Swindon. And I think that's a big message that we need to put out, is that college is great, and it's full-time education is great, but it's not for everyone. Apprenticeships, you can go from level two, three, you can go right up to degree apprenticeship and still gain your degree equivalent through an apprenticeship. And not a lot of people seem to know that or they seem to think it's lesser than a degree. But you're gaining experience, earning a living and also getting a qualification. Danielle mentioned levels. They go from two, the equivalent of a GCSE, to seven, the equivalent of a master's degree. As it kind of suggests that... The higher the level, the uh, more important the qualification that you'll attain, and also the length of which they take to do. Mark Bates is Early Careers Programme Manager at Nationwide, which takes a lot of apprentices every year. A level six is an equivalent to a degree, so you get paid to do a degree. I wish that was around when I was having I just had to go to uni and have a big loan. So it's uh, very important to um, progress through the stages. Um, it's also um, a quite good thing to understand that for uh, you can jump straight to a level six 
but often a level three or level four gets you used to uh, the academic world as well as the working world and then you'd be prepared to commit to something a bit, bit more difficult. So how much do you earn as you learn? Anna Morrison is founder of Amazing Apprenticeships, which works with schools, colleges and employers to promote the benefits of apprenticeships. So there is a national minimum wage for apprenticeships, which is set by, um, or kind of, I suppose, signed off by the government each year. So the national minimum wage for apprentices has been increasing, but it is still lower than the national living wage. The thing with apprenticeship salaries is it's, it varies by different employers. So employers decide what they pay. And although many employers might decide to pay the national minimum wage for apprentices, there are just as many, if not more, employers who are saying, actually, we're not going to pay that. We know that's the minimum, but we're going to pay more because we want to keep our apprentices and to develop and progress them. Jessa Lee did her apprenticeship in quantity surveying with the construction consultancy Stace. The starting salary isn't the be-all and end-all and when looking at applications it's worth, or uh, when asking about the company, worth thinking about how often they will review salaries because my apprenticeship, it started off on, I guess, uh, the medium slash lower end in terms of what I was earning. My company reviews salaries twice a year, so after a year or so it started increasing increasing because i i you know i i was gaining more experience i showed that i was competent and able to do my job so the starting salary isn't what it ends up being and i think once you get qualified as well it just that helps push up your salary quite a lot too so it's always worth looking in a bit more detail not just at the starting salary but what the employer is saying about the pay increments Anna Morrison again, founder of Amazing Apprenticeships. The salary is just part of the package. So when you're looking at apprenticeships, um, it's really important not to just look at the level or just look at the salary. Um, although you know, salary can be a really important factor for individuals considering apprenticeships, particularly if you're living independently, say, and it's going to make the difference between whether you can afford to be an apprentice or not. But it's also looking at the whole offer. So what else is the employer saying that they will do for you, with you? How are they going to progress you and keep your career growing? What kind of opportunities are they going to give you? What additional training and development opportunities might you have access to? Even down to whether you get access to um, company car schemes or um, gym memberships or subsidised meals or you know employers are thinking quite creatively about the packages that they put together for their apprentices and they know it can be competitive out there so they will you know they, we work with lots of them who will be continually looking at what it is that they offer their apprentices and, and trying to put together something that's going to be really attractive. So we've heard about the levels of apprenticeship and the pay but what about the training? It's not just the work, it's the learning that gets you the qualification. And as Anna Morrison explains, training is part of the paid package. You don't do it in your free time. Your off-the-job hours are paid hours. So the government a few years ago introduced some new rules saying that um, all apprentices, we expect to receive a minimum of 20% of their paid time to be off-the-job learning. They slightly changed that and said now it's an equivalent of six hours per week. And that could be a day a week, or it could be in blocks of, say, two weeks at a time. And it could happen at the workplace, 
or with a college or university, or with a training provider. Danielle Foy from New College Swindon and Jordan Keane, Deputy Head of Apprenticeships at South Devon College, both stress the importance of making sure that the training happens as well as the work. So you have your off-the-job time, um, and if you're finding that your employer isn't giving you that kind of off-the-job support, then speak to your training provider. So your training provider can, can kind of lean in there and offer that help. So, yeah, that might be your college day some of the time, um, but, you know, you should be getting protected time each week, even when college is closed, to get that time to be able to focus on your apprenticeship. That's what it's there for. There's three in the relationship with an apprentice. There's the provider, there's the employer, there's the apprentice. And if everybody communicates effectively, then hopefully it will create a successful working relationship. As part of the training, you should have a mentor or coach and possibly a buddy as well. Key people in your journey, according to Mark Bates from Nationwide. First of all, it's good to understand the difference between a buddy and a mentor. So... In my experience, and this is only my experience, is buddies are really good when you start out because it's that person you go to if you don't, you don't know how to write an email or how to communicate in a meeting or when to put your hand up to, to interrupt a meeting and say, actually, I don't understand or ask a question. They're really helpful for that to get the basics right, um, really supportive. So the first couple of months, get to know your buddy. And they've often volunteered to do that role. So they're there for you. Um, a mentor... In, in, in our world, as somebody who's got a lot more experience in the role that you're in, and they'll help you with your skills. They'll give you advice, coaching, tell you what to read, who to, who to go and speak to if you're lost. So I'd be very clear to use your mentors probably a bit later after you've got used to your buddies. So that would be my, my advice around buddies and mentors. And Darren Marks, Managing Director of Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology, agrees that the mentor or apprenticeship coordinator is an important player in the whole apprenticeship programme. It's a fantastic relationship to, to see it develop and grow as well. You see them on day one, uh, they've had a sign-up meeting, and they're like, oh, who's that person? And I've got a vision in my head of one of our apprenticeship coordinators now, and I can see her on site, and I, she's, she's brilliant. She's very fair, very firm but she knows what she wants and she knows her students tremendously well. But from day one, that seed is sown around, right, I'm here for you. I'm also here for the business, but I'm here for you. That's that middle person. They have their mobile numbers to contact them 24-7. I say 24-7, we've all got lives as well, but it's, it's there to drop them a message and say, I'd like a chat or a catch-up. But over the years, so apprenticeships can last between uh, a year, 18 months and four years, you see those relationships really grow and develop and you see the personal relationship, um, the bond changing around the communication style. And they can pick up on so much. They see these people in the workplace with their colleagues working on product. And even they, they get so much satisfaction from seeing that, that growth. They can identify quite quickly when things aren't quite right. They will then be able to provide support through communication to other parties. We have, uh, within our facility, we've got access to counsellors, we've got access to nurses. Darren Marks from Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology. So, work, training, money, mentoring, all part of the package. But who benefits from all this? Well, let's hear from the Minister for Apprenticeships, Robert Halfon, and Danielle Foy, Business Development Consultant at New College Swindon. The reason why I say it's a win-win is um, because um, not only does the apprentice get a skill, a vital skill and a job, but it means we also meet our country's skills needs. That's the wonderful thing about this. I mean, if you take 
I mentioned 670 standards. We're desperate, desperate need for more STEM skills. Over half, I think over 300 odd of those standards are STEM apprenticeships. So we're meeting our country's skills needs. The FE colleges are benefiting, the training providers are benefiting. It creates more employment, more jobs. It's a win-win situation all round. So Swindon as a whole at the moment, it's what it's a cold spot for students going on to university and we need more skilled people in the area because people tend to go away to university or to do higher apprenticeship degrees and they don't seem to come back. So I would say it doesn't matter your age, come and try it. Your the employers I think fully support that as well. I think if they've got a business in Swindon, they're obviously contributing towards Swindon. So the more employers contribute to their employees, the more they're contributing to the local area. So the local and national economies can benefit. But most importantly, what about you as an apprentice? Well, one, you learn on the job and you, you get that work experience in a way that you wouldn't necessarily get if you're in academic, traditional academic learning which is amazing. So you learn on the job, you, you see how a business operates, you have to be there, you know, just like any other employee. But the other thing, of course, is you earn while you learn, right? If you're a student, you don't, you have to take out a loan. So it's a no-brainer in many ways. And of course, the, th the third most important thing is that you get a good skilled job. So 90, over 90%, well over 90%, in fact, of apprentices who complete their apprenticeship, so they achieve their apprenticeship qualification, get a good skilled job at the end. And so uh, you can't say that about everyone. The Government Minister, Robert Halfon. So that's what an apprenticeship involves. In the next programme, we'll be talking about whether it's the right choice for you. I'm Dominic Arkwright. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Mindful Apprentice. We hope you found something in it which was helpful to you or perhaps a colleague or friend, whether you're a new starter or a seasoned professional. If you've been affected by anything you've heard in the podcast or want to find out more about organisations which can provide help and support, go to sawiot.ac.uk forward slash The Mindful Apprentice.